0: And now it's my pleasure to welcome Charlotte to Major League Soccer as our 30th team. And now your new owner, David Tepper. Charlotte. You ready to party? Yeah.
1: Please join me in welcoming Charlotte Football Club's first head coach, Miguel Angel Rivera. Buenos dias. In the 2022 MLS Super Draft, presented by
0: Adidas, Charlotte FC selects from the University of Maryland and
1: Generation Adidas, Ben Bender.
0: Benvenuti. Bienvenido. Welcome to another episode of the Charlotte FC Podcast. With a new sports team in town, local media now have a new and exciting venture to report on. Today we talk with Alex Andreev, journalist covering Charlotte FC and NASCAR for the Charlotte Observer. Alex joined the Observer in January 2020 following an internship at the Washington Post. She is a two-time Associated Press Sports Editor Award winner for her NASCAR Beat coverage and a National Motorsports Press Association Award winner. She is the host of McClatchy's podcast, Payback. About women's soccer and social inequities in sport. Alex again, thanks for joining us here on the pod. Uh you are wildly successful. Like I was just looking back at your bio and thinking about it again. I was like, you worked as an internship with the Washington Post, which big deal, you know, I'm from the Washington area. So I know that's a big thing. And then you come here just in 2020 of uh, January, and you already have two Associated Press Sports Editor Awards for your NASCAR coverage and a National Motorsports Press Association Award. And you also have this podcast that you're doing, which I think is phenomenal because it's about women's sports. It's about social inequities and all these things. And I just think that's another avenue. I mean, you've Just in this last couple of years, man, you are, you're doing awesome.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That's quite an intro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, so how did you get from being this Washington Post intern to having a job at the Observer? Um, And then, of course, you got to NASCAR, but just lately it was uh, Charlotte FC, right?
1: Yeah, and and both really happened pretty simultaneously, actually. I mean, I've, I've told a bunch of people this when they've asked about just how I've gotten into some of the soccer coverage. But you know, I was interviewing for a full-time position, um, you know, full-time sports reporter position down in in Charlotte, and actually, the day of my interview was also the day of the expansion bid announcement uh, for the Major League Soccer team. So the the actual role, the official title that I was applying and interviewing for was solely for a NASCAR reporter position. Um, and and uh, that, you know, that that was sort of expected to be my main job and certainly has been up until this point. Um, but with the addition of the major league soccer team, you know, the natural question was then like, okay, you know, am I covering soccer too? Is, you know Clearly there's gonna be a lot of changes happening in the city and the observers coverage is gonna have to reflect that when it comes to sports teams and coverage. So, you know, I had a discussion with with my editor about that. And, you know, I essentially picked up a lot of the FC coverage uh, very early on. And that was still, you know, when we were planning for this team to be launched during the 2021 season. And then it actually just gave me, I think, a little bit more time to dive more deeply into the NASCAR world because of, you know, this pushback during COVID Mm -hmm. for the season to officially start in 22. So I've been, you know, covering both, I guess, up until this point. But now that Charlotte FC is, is starting the season and playing, um, certainly more coverage there more recently.
0: Right. Well, that's that's awesome. Now, did you. When you were doing the interviews and when you were talking to your editor, like, do they ask you questions like how much you know about the sport that you're covering? Or is it they're, they're like, you, you'll figure it out because you're a reporter and investigate and can learn it. What, how do they how do they position that?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely some of both. And I think that with um, actually the NASCAR position too, I mean, I came in with not much of a a background, like a deep knowledge of NASCAR, you know, it was very pretty surface level when, when I first entered, but I had done similar stuff at the Washington Post too. I, before, um, you know, coming to the Observer, it was doing like esports coverage (laughs) actually um, leading up to you know, the end of that that internship and it was actually just freelance stuff that I was working on there for esports coverage mainly, but um, you know, had to learn that and, and you know, figure that out without having, you know, deep knowledge of like Overwatch League. <laughs> right,
0: right. Pretty
1: quickly. So I think a lot of the the, the skill set was was translatable. And you know, it it I think became important to kind of come in with this outside perspective, especially during or maybe it made it easier in a sense a little bit too, having this just the timing of the 2020 season um, for NASCAR for Charlotte, I've seen having so many changes because of the pandemic uh, mm-hmm. to just both of those sports and how they were operating. You know, it really was like everyone was starting new almost, right. and you know, didn't know what to expect. So, I think that that certainly kind of helped, um, you know, level the playing field a little bit for me.
0: Neat. So. Like you said, you're charged with now just covering a lot of the team because it's so much. Like, what what are you what are you supposed to do? Like in this role, what do you what do you do? Do you just go to the pitch and watch them in training? Do you, you know, talk to report talk to players? Like, how does how does that work as far as what you're supposed to be covering for the observer?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, we you know, typically I have discussions weekly about what are kind of the biggest stories on uh, either be with Charlotte FC. You know, I think we're still kind of figuring out the best coverage plan, honestly, because this is new and we don't know what the audience is really going to look like Mm -hmm. and what um, stories typically do well. I mean, obviously kind of enterprise and and feature pieces, you know, I think we're going to start diving more deeply into as the season progresses and trying to get to know some of these players. I think that was a lot of it, too, especially in our early coverage around like the home opener. Um, You know, some of it was just introducing like a general sports fan to major right. league soccer and the rules of soccer um and you know introducing them to the players on the team that they might not know before if they're not avid soccer fans right so i think that's how the coverage kind of started off and then now as, as people get more excited about it and, and want to read more i think we can go a little bit deeper into you know like player profile pieces and and features um, that focus on more of just the technicalities of the game so right i think that's how you're going to kind of see the coverage continue. You know, we still do our game stories and fortunately they've had the, you know, their opening matches, A lot have been at home that I've been able to get to. And even when they played in Atlanta and DC, you know, those are both fairly close to being mm-hmm. the market. So I was able to travel to those as well. So I've been able to see all of their matches so far. Um, you know, and we've done just kind of typical game stories and then analysis pieces off of those as well.
0: Yeah. And they're, they're about to go on the road for most of, uh, most of April. So are you going to be with them all the way or?
1: I, I mean, it, I don't think so. I don't think we're going to get to all of them, especially the ones that are further out. But I mm-hmm. think that's when you'll start seeing more of the NASCAR coverage because we, you know, it's been a little bit lucky in the sense that, um, you know, some of NASCAR's biggest races have not overlapped with um, Charlotte FC games. You know, the Daytona 500 was right before the season started for, for Charlotte FC. So it almost right. went like Daytona 500 home opener, um, you know, way match started the season. Um, and then I think now that we get into some of this away stretch more for Charlotte FC, I'll probably travel to more of the NASCAR races actually. And then when they're playing at home, but you know, because they're training still, um, at the stadium and, and in market, Miguel typically does his press conferences the Thursday before. So, you know, I'll still be covering them throughout the week.
0: So how do you juggle in your, in your mind, I'm covering NASCAR. I'm covering Charlotte FC because it's probably very different in the way you kind of approach things.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, but but I think like some of the just the kind of basic skills and knowing what is big news and knowing you know what what is okay to like all right if I've got to kind of prioritize something, um, being able to figure out what is more pressing at that time is kind of a you know definitely a skill set that. I've kind of applied applied throughout juggling the two different beats. Um, and so, I, you know, I think sometimes it's nice to like have a little bit of variety uh-huh. and do NASCAR one day, do Charlotte FC that another day um, and, and certainly try to stay on top of both as, as best as I can. Um, you know, there, there's probably some stuff that we miss because of that. But I think when you're able to still, you know, know the best storylines in, in either sport then, you know, hopefully the, you know, the audience is going to continue to, to be there and follow and want to know what's going on in each. So, you know, that's, you know, we've got other freelancers, too, that have picked up coverage right. before when I'm not able to get to everything. Right. Um, so that's also been, you know, tremendously helpful as well. So really, it's just about kind of planning, talking through what we know is coming up, um, trying to find stuff that's, you know, a little bit different or get exclusive time with some of these drivers or players, uh, and then try to prioritize that. So yeah, it's certainly been busy. The podcast too has been another, I think, element that I'm just coming off of this thing getting released and (laughs) now kind of like reorienting myself back into just the daily um, coverage on both of these beats. But even then, you know, like the podcast is a pretty, it it was a pretty heavy project about, um, you know, this one particular player. Jessica McDonald in the National Women's Soccer League, her journey uh, through soccer and kind of all of these, you know, setbacks really that she's had to overcome to make it to where she is today. I mean, now she's playing with Racing Louisville, but was a longtime player at the North Carolina Courage, formerly with UNC, where she won two national championships and then on that 2019 World Cup winning team. But it was I mean, it was a pretty heavy story to like really immerse yourself in. So I always talked to my producers and said, you know, like it's it's really nice having other beats to you know focus on and and to help cover. It's just a different, um, you know, it's a different pace and it's something else.
0: It's probably a little lighter too, because you're covering kind of what's happening, whereas the other one's more investigative, kind of going back and trying to formulate a story.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. So so I, I appreciated the variety, honestly.
0: That's awesome. Um, so what? Since you were talking about the podcast, what? What got you into that like how did how did you is that something of really interest to you or it was just like this was another opportunity to to do something different
1: yeah i mean i think both i think you know i had kind of a a personal interest in helping tell this story and then i was um during like nascar's off season last year you know i was approached to to lead the reporting for this mcclatchy is the observer's parent company and they have you know an audio, audio department that will typically partner with some of their local newsrooms around the country to do these podcasts, this podcast series called Long Shot that focuses on stories at the intersection of sports and social change. And so for this latest, um, you know, series that we did, they wanted to focus on the U.S. women's national team's fight for equal pay. And, um, you know, I was I was asked, I knew they knew I was doing some soccer reporting in, in the Carolinas, you know, North Carolina is a hotbed, not just for Charlotte FC stuff, but for I think, you know, a lot of just youth, you know, youth soccer, um, US soccer, key players are really here in this area, the triangle area as well, with the teams that they have up there. So, you know, they wanted to base this out of uh, one of the Carolina newsrooms. So, you know, <laughs> what we found pretty quickly, though, is that it becomes hard to tell the equal pay story when a lot of the players are actually training for a World Cup or um, not a World Cup Olympics right. over the right. summer beforehand. So a lot of the players were initially unavailable. But but Jess McDonald was the first player who was part of that that lost that 2019 lawsuit that we talked to. Mm-hmm. And I think from there, I mean, she just we started the interview and she told me her story of like getting to the point that she's at now and kind of her fight through um, the NWSL to then make the national team. And I was like, you know, we, we should stick with the story. It's just a great story. It's probably an undertold one. Um, and it's
0: fabulous that they let you kind of direct that. Like you saw that and said, this is, this is it. And they kind of shaped it to that. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was a small team that was like a core, small core team that was working on it. So that was cool. I mean, yeah, just learning kind of the ins and outs of audio and scripting and podcasting was a whole new thing for me too. So it, yeah, it was an extremely cool opportunity and you know, we're, we've got two episodes released now and then they'll continue to release weekly every Tuesday for 10 episodes.
0: We'll be right back. Well, think about you talked about some of the process in the podcast. What is your just your overall podcast? The process in writing? You know, like how do you how do you write your stories? Do you just start jotting stuff down on paper? And then do you go straight to computer? Do you draft in there? Do you just get ideas out? Like what is what is your process whenever you're writing something?
1: Yeah. I mean, I wish it was like probably a little (laughs) meter. I think everyone does. But, you know, I think you, you always start with the interview. And so I think, you know, like just the transcriptions become important and really listening to what each of your sources is saying, I found is, you know, even just when you think about like quotes and paraphrasing a quote, I mean, I really start with just what information I've been given, you know, from directly mm-hmm. from the sources. And so then once I get kind of the quotes all down on paper and, and what they've said, I mean, then from there, I think about, you know, okay, what are the questions that need to be answered in the story and what we're trying to tell from there? And then that kind of helps you think about like what the nut graph and headline is, you know, what are people going to care about? And then, you know, I pretty much just start chronologically. I think when I'm writing, you know, I start with the lead typically, um, and then really go from there and yeah, I think it, it, you know, probably it depends a lot on like what type of story it is to whether it's like a breaking news thing or a longer feature that you could spend a little bit more time on um, or just kind of a daily Q&A and interview uh, will certainly depend on that. But I think, yeah, you know, my, my process is definitely always starting with the the source material and quotes and trying to get transcriptions as quickly as possible.
0: And then from there, do you, I guess you have to submit something to your editor for review. Is that kind of how the process goes after that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, typically I'll let my editor know like, hey, if it, you know, he'll know, we'll know in advance this is, I've got this coming, I've got this interview set up at this time or I'm going to this event and here's what we're sort of planning or expecting for that. So we, um, you know, coordinate timing on stories, I'll send him a file and then, you know, he'll give that a read. Typically, if there are any edits, we just, we can go back and forth on Slack. I use Slack a lot um, with my editors. And then, you know, from there, we try to get it up just, or, you know, if we schedule stories too, then, uh, you know, he'll usually just be the one that publishes it.
0: So do you schedule your own interviews and stories or is it kind of a mix depending on what's happening?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a mix, you know, like sometimes um, you know teams or you know whether it's FC they'll have kind of set media availability through the week but if there's a particular player that I want to talk to then I can coordinate with their team and say you know hey I'd love to get for the um, for something or any other players and then we can set that up and I let them know what I'm working on um, you know generally and then we can do the interview that way sometimes they'll reach out and say you know we've got time with so-and-so more so on the NASCAR side, they'll say, you know, we've got time with these drivers this week, you know, do you want to have 10 minutes for a phone call with them? Um, And so that's typically how the interviews get scheduled is mostly just coordinating with like their PR people um, and, and figuring out how that gets set up. If there's other stories that require, you know, other, you know, factor, you know, players, I guess, within the team, not just the players, but other like key personnel, then you've got to know kind of the appropriate channels to go through to get in right. touch with them.
0: And that might take more time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I also noticed during the game that you were tweeting a lot and you have videos in there and you have pictures and stuff like that. So that is, is that part of your like match protocol is like you watch the game and type in key moments and film it. It was like, cause it's, that's pretty quick. Like you gotta be on the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, and right, I'm, I'm still kind of figuring out, I think, the the FC side of it. But I think what I've at least seen just in terms of like audiences that, you know, the Charlotte FC fans, it's very much this millennial young crowd um, that I think typically are pretty active on, on social media. And, you know, we'll see how that that kind of fan base and following continues to develop as this team keeps playing. <laughs> I think uh-huh. it's still relatively new. But, but I think that's something that I'm trying out is just seeing, like, okay, if we're live tweeting, um, you know, at least matches or goals or, you know, just, you know, people, like, cl- clicking on pictures and videos. So right. any, any type of thing like that that you can get I think always helps. Um, and, ulti- you know, th- with the point ultimately being to drive them to, like, a story for, for a nice a nicely written and kind of summarized, right. um, you know, recap of, of what's going on.
0: Now, when when you're doing those pictures, there's obviously somebody from the observer that's, or at least contractor or someone that's taking pictures. Do you get those pictures also instantly, or you get a, you can like, is there a way that you can like pull up pictures that they're taking on the spot or is it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it, it generally takes a little bit of time for them to at least get back and like get everything uploaded. But, you know, we try to have um, those visuals ready for whatever story we're writing uh, off, off the game that evening. And for like a next day follow up piece, so um, yeah, I wish there was some sort of way to like immediately sync to like my phone or cloud or something like that. But we have great, you know, staff photographers and sports photographers. The observer that I think have done some, you know, captured some really really cool shots of this team. So that you know, that's also been fun to see the, the the photo galleries off of some of these matches.
0: Nice. So what what got you into like this career? Like, did you know you wanted to be a writer? Were you just this writer, and you're like, I like sports, and like, what what got you into this kind of field?
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good question. I think I, I kind of tried a bunch of different stuff in college, and by my senior year, I wasn't totally in love with any of them. I majored in visual arts and business, and. Um, I was thinking of doing some sort of, like, graphic design path professionally. I, I was very, like, unsure, I think, of where I wanted to end up. Um, but my senior year of college, I also started writing for our, our school newspaper and covering sports. I mean, I, I loved following sports. I've been – my family is, um, you know, heavily involved in athletics. My, both my parents played volleyball in college. My grandfather coached football at the University of Delaware for, like, 30-plus years. Wow. and so. I grew up in this pretty just sports-heavy environment, so I thought, you know, if I picked a beat like that, was gonna be the one <laughs> that I did. <laughs> right. um, and so that's how I kind of started just covering games. And I'm sure if I like looked back at stories that I had written then, they'd be so bad <laughs> compared to what <laughs> I have since learned and know now. But but around that time, I you know I figured I think I want to keep doing this, and so I ended up applying to some grad school programs um, and ended up going to USC, University of Southern California for like a nine month journalism program right after I finished undergrad. And that I think really like cemented my like, I wanna do this as a career. I mean, it was interesting. I wasn't thinking I was gonna do sports writing though. I kind of left that program and thought I was gonna do video editing stuff wow. still with the, with the visual arts background. Um, but, you know, I, I kept writing. I ended up getting that, you know, that internship at the Washington Post I think more so that, if anything, cemented the kind of like career path um, right. in writing, in particular, versus uh, some of these other, you know, media avenues. So yeah, from there, I've just been <laughs> still writing. Um, and so, what
0: what kind of interests or ideas do you have for future work?
1: The podcast was super cool. I loved doing that. Um, would love to keep exploring. I think just these multimedia. Av- avenues and opportunities, especially with the Charlotte FC coverage, because, you know, as I mentioned, we're starting to feel like it's a much younger demographic to try to reach. So mm-hmm. I know just our newsroom has been thinking about like, OK, how can we best communicate with that audience if it's if they're not buying a paper every day? Right. Um, how do you interact um, with
0: them, and get their eyes?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be something we're going to continue to try is maybe more video, audio, multimedia type stuff. Um for this FC coverage and and you know fortunately the podcast uh the long shot has given me a little bit of a taste of that so yeah nice. I think that's It's be really me. good.
0: I've already listened to the first two episodes. Really nice. I love, you know, I love podcasts, but I also love, you know, good stories. I think it's important those that stories are told, especially the ones we never hear, you know.
1: <laughs> well thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate I appreciate that. We have, you know, the audio producers, um, Cotta Stevens and Davin Coburn, who I've worked with on it, have done just an amazing job editing it so you know and there's a ton of soccer history like if you're a soccer fan listening to it it really dives pretty deeply into right. you know the just the game and match audio that they were able to pull from you know these archived u.s women's national team matches and nwsl matches was was so phenomenal
0: well i know we're running out of time here but i have a little segment at the end for just that it's called stoppage time so I'm just gonna throw some questions at you and you just kind of your first kind of instinct to, to come in because we only have a, a minute here or so. It's stoppage time. So uh favorite personal ritual.
1: Uh I'd say my I'm I'm a big coffee person. So I think it's the like making coffee in the morning. I would consider uh kind of ritual sitting, of sorts. Sitting in it. Yeah, yeah. My my roommate has a um she has like the pour over thing that she's taught me how to use. Yeah. So that has become my new thing. This year. <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, favorite unplugged activity?
1: Ooh, probably exercising of some sort, either just like walking or running. Um, that's, I think, usually the time where I try not to... Check Twitter too much or social media. Which yeah. I sh- Probably I could very be difficult in
0: that. your position to, to not. Yeah, be I could right. I that.
1: could always be better about that. I think. Um, but but that's typically the time where I try to just tune out a little bit.
0: All right. Do you have a go-to snack?
1: Uh, I'm a. I like. I love potato chips. As much as I love exercising, I like a big. I I don't eat as healthy. You have know, like a exercise. flavor that you always get. Um, I like barbecue. I like like the barbecue. Trader Joe's used to have this great kind that I haven't seen them make recently, but um, it was like a hickory barbecue potato chip.
0: All right. What design, speaking of design and um, things, what design impresses you more? Interiors or exteriors?
1: I think probably interiors. I mean, I I can, I think, appreciate like a nice front porch and yard and Mm -hmm. like building facade, but I spend more time inside in my job. So probably I I would go with interiors for that.
0: Yeah, I would also say that happens a lot of times with writers is the interior because you're you're kind of detailed, kind of more oriented that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you find starting a project or finishing one more gratifying?
1: I mean, after coming off a of long shot, I've got to say the finishing of it <laughs> feels pretty good. Because it was like a year of work on it. So to wow. actually have it out in the world, um, it's been yeah. a nice feeling. So yeah. so that's where I'm at right now is, is nice. the finishing of And lastly,
0: what recharges you?
1: Uh, I, th- I think just time like with the family and friends. Um you know, that that's always nice. Like I said, coming off of this project, too, I've been able to do a little bit more of that now these past few weekends. So that's been really nice to step away from, you know, the work and Twitter and, uh, you know, all the social media and stuff a little bit. So, yeah, that exercise, um, general healthy life habits that sometimes we forget about as writers.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Alex, for spending time with, with us today. And, um, you know, we'll keep reading and watching your Twitter and listening to your podcast. Sure, we'll be on the lookout for other great things to come. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, this was so fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can follow Alex on Twitter at Andrea Alex, read her work in The Observer, and listen to her podcast. We included all the links in the episode notes. Charlotte FC podcast is hosted and produced by me, Nick Finelli. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with a friend or give us a five-star review. This helps others find our podcast. Until next time, go Crownheads!